This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and this is Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. On today's episode, we're explaining how it feels to be an empath. Being an empath is a unique experience. Every empath has a very different experience, and we have a wide range of highly sensitive and empathic qualities and skills within our similarity. We have a lot of difference. I'm going to try to describe what's similar and what's my experience of being an empath, and that may be similar to yours or very different. So let's start with what is a sense? Have you ever thought about that? A sense, when I look up the definition, is any system that consists of a group of sensory cell types that respond to a specific phenomenon and that corresponds to a particular group or region within the brain. And in the brain, the signals are received and interpreted. Okay, so our brain's a supercomputer and our senses are sensory cells that sense and send the information to the brain, and then we feel. The five basic senses that we were taught in elementary school are sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. Those are the basic five. But there are some other senses too. We've got pressure. We have the sense of itch. Temperature. We're all familiar with the sense of pain. Thirst is its own sense. Hunger. The sense of direction, right? Some of us have a sense of direction. Some of us have none. Time, muscle tension, that's a sense. Proprioception, that's the ability to tell where your body parts are in space relative to the other body parts so that your arms aren't smacking each other. That's called proprioception. I can never quite say this one correctly. Equilibrioception, the ability to keep your balance from the word equilibrium and sense your body movements in terms of acceleration and directional change. Stretch receptors. These are senses that are in uh, some of our organs and in our blood vessels. There are chemoreceptors in the brain that sense some of our hormones and regulates even our, our vomiting reflex because that's That's a sense, right? We all have had the sense of nausea and the sense of 
getting sick. If we look in some other ways at senses, another sense beyond the five basics is considered the extrasensory perception. That's where we start to get into feelings, a little bit maybe hippy-dippy, the things that are harder for us to study. So if you look up, if you Google, you know, what are the senses? You're going to get a lot of different answers about the numbers of senses because we're like diamonds. So we're multifaceted. I don't think there's one way for us to describe the sensoriness of being a human because we're trying to put words to things that aren't words. They're, They're sensory information. I'm going to add that the heart has a sense. Newer science is validating that the heart has its own little brain with neurons and neurotransmitters. And we believe that the heart brain talks to the brain brain, and that's what creates our feelings, our emotions. So explaining how it feels to be an empath is tricky. Most of us are trying to figure out within our own minds what that feels like in mind, body, spirit in terms of relating to other people. I was explaining to my partner the other night because he asked me, that's where the show came from. How, how does it feel to, to be an empath? If you've ever seen a picture of an amoeba, right? The amoeba is a little, little it moves. It, it's like a little, it doesn't have a fixated shape. It's like a big squish that just moves like a bubble cloud kind of jellyfish. When I walk into a room, my sensory system goes into the room like that amoeba-like jellyfish ghosty cloud and sort of moves into that space just ahead of me and can feel the people in that space. And my energy wants to, at this point in my life, because I've trained my sensory perception, working with my mind and my knowledge to program to be able to feel the frequency of healthiness. And for me, what's important and healthy and what I'm looking for in relationships, and I think most of you all are too, even while you yourself are working on some of these things as I do too, I want authenticity in people and I can feel authenticity. It makes my energy want to hug someone. The truth feels spiritually sounded and grounding to me in a way that feels strong like a rooted tree. I don't want to align with energy that feels um, like a tree that has had the roots rot and isn't very stable. It's precarious. It's dangerous for the tree. And certain energies are toxic to me. So my energy can go into a room, into a space with a person and feel them. Some empaths, I don't have this part, but they can feel illness. Like sometimes they can feel where a tumor is in someone's body. We've all heard the stories of dogs that jump up and alert their owners to breast tumors by nudging them. We have a much easier time understanding and accepting the senses of an animal, don't we, than the senses of humans. Somehow our consciousness has made us disconnect from, maybe it's not our consciousness, but our our knowledge, our scientific 
faith-based community and progress and minds has maybe made us disconnect from the magic that is our sensory system, the part that we can't touch or measure. My system can feel intention in a person. If your hand were to reach out and touch the the hot stove, you'd pull it back reflexively, right? And you wouldn't even think about it with your mind. It's just your body registers hot on your hand, danger, and you pull back. It's not a thought. It's a react, reflective, reflexive movement. My energy sort of pulls back from someone that has malintent that I can feel. I can feel sadness in people. I can feel unresolved grief. In terms of hearing, have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. I can't listen to two things at once. If someone starts talking to me when a radio is on or a TV is on, my head starts to buzz like a low, and I can't hear or process anything. It's like an overstimulation, overstimulation shutdown of my system. Like too much, too much. So turn it off. She can't hear anything. Like a safety valve. I've learned how to walk into a space and keep my energy closer to me, if that makes sense. I think as a young woman and as a child, having no concept of what this was or what was going on with me, I could walk in a space and my energy would just expand and sort of go everywhere. And I would feel scattered and everywhere. Do you hear that? The scattering? How many of you feel scattered? So as we learn to bring more awareness and more self-acceptance That being a highly sensitive person is real. It's not frou-frou. It's not fluff. It's not attention-seeking. It's that some of us were born with extrasensory nervous systems. And we are the pioneers because we are the generation that is coming to this emotional intelligence knowledge. So we are studying it. We are defining it. I have connected to and met other highly sensitive people and empaths to be able to see these trends, these similarities, these struggles, these struggles that are these patterns that are hard to make sense of scientifically or gather data on. And there's a lot of data out there on HSPs, guys. I'm not the data person. I'm not the scientist. If you need that concrete validation for these emotional feely things, go get it. Dr. Elaine Aaron 
is the forerunner. Dr. Judith Orloff has written many books, less on the science, more on being highly sensitive. Being an empath has led me to healing I wouldn't have otherwise explored. It has forced me in ways that have been difficult and that I didn't want to have to face certain toxicity levels in certain people, how to create the boundaries that I really needed instead of the boundaries that I wanted. It's led me down a path of mindfulness and self-care that has saved me and grown me into having the life that I really want from using my strong empathy and HSP skills and abilities to really deeply listen and get to know myself, to really listen and get to know the world, to know what self-care means, what nurturing means, and to feel out and grow into the process of actionably loving and healing myself. If you are just realizing, oh my goodness, I'm a highly sensitive person, and you're realizing, oh wow, I also might be an empath, I hope that by me sharing today, I'm able to shine some light on your process and help you figure some things out about yourself. I would love to hear some feedback on this show on our Patreon I would love to know, how does it feel to you if you are an empath? What is your experience of being a highly sensitive person? What does that feel like in your body? We need to be able to explain it to ourselves as simply and easily as I might explain it to a little green alien that just beamed out of the sky in front of me. We don't have to make it complex or difficult. That's not really what we're going for. We want easier so we can understand this stuff with some ease. I implore you to work on accepting these things when you're going through the growth process. It's a hard road. It doesn't always feel great. But that's why we have phrases like growing pains. You're growing. Remember that you're growing And remember that you will continue, if you do this work, to grow into having more of a sense of control over your sensitivity. You will grow into knowing how to manage yourself as an individual in relationship and in the world. When you, those of you who are single and want a good match, the trick is doing this self-acceptance and understanding work with yourself first. So that when you meet that awesome person, you will be able to explain to them, these are my needs. These are my boundaries. These are my limits. This is how I want to love and nurture you and give to you because I'm such a giver and I have to protect my giver qualities. I have to protect my sensitivity. That's how I show up for you as my best self. That's how I show up for me as my best self. Thank you for listening today on explaining how it feels to be an empath. I hope that gave you more answers than questions, but maybe it's exactly the right questions to ask yourself to understand your own sensitivity. If you'd like to share, come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. 
I'd love some feedback on this show. If you're not a patron, we are growing our exclusive content there. So if you come support the show, you'll be able to access a handful of shows, a handful of live streams, um, answering your questions, and you can participate in future shaping of the show and, and get your live stream questions answered and participate in the community. We have hit our first Patreon goal. It's amazing. Thank you guys for sharing the show and for supporting it. We are in well over 100 countries now. We are spreading through the world. And that's with your help, your support, your sharing, your participation in the community. As always, the best way to help this podcast and all the other podcasts that I know you love is to get on iTunes and write reviews for the shows that you love. It opens doors for podcasters. It shares the show to other people. And that's what we really want. So thank you so much for helping the show that way. Come support us at Patreon if you'd like to participate. Come find my course workbook or work with me as an individual at NikkiEisenhower.com. And until next time, take really good care of your sensitive self. And I'll see you next time here on Emotional Badass. I'm Nikki Eisenhower. I am badass. You are badass. This journey is badass. We are where Moxie meets mindful. Bye-bye. <laughs>